Hi, I'm Frances LaQuesta, and you're listening to Big Impact Women. This podcast explores what it's like to live life in purpose, to discover our unique gifts, and be a contribution to the world. Each episode features conversations with courageous women thought leaders, spiritual teachers, authors, artists, and social entrepreneurs on making an impact with their work, navigating through the challenges and struggles they face in their lives, and the lessons they learn from these experiences. We must take the time to listen, to pause what we are doing to make time, even if it is one minute a day, a lot can be heard in the internal movement of the body, like what is moving within you or not moving within you. There's so much information in that to just pause and breathe into your physical being and notice. Erin Pace is a somatic therapist, embodiment guide, intuitive body reader, soul coach, and meditation facilitator. I consider her a body whisperer. She is a way of making the body feel held and safe. In these times of anxiety, Erin's work is vital in helping women feel comfortable in their own skin and expressing themselves fully through movement and body work. Erin developed the responsive body practice as a way to gracefully access and integrate mind, body, energy, and spirit for healing and sacred wholeness. Her warm, soothing voice feels like an embrace, her presence palpable. Working with Erin is a gift and one that needs to be experienced. Here's my conversation with Erin Pace. Hi, Erin. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you, Francis. I'm so thrilled to be here. It's an honor. Thank you. So I want to start from the beginning of what made you the person you are now. You have a wealth of experience in somatic and energy work, but you're also at one point in your life, you're a professional dancer, right? And you're, you're a teacher and you are so much into the world of movement. But what I'm really curious about is how would you trace this love and deep understanding of the body in the earliest part of your life, which is your childhood? So can you share with us a little bit about this journey and how it manifested? already when you were still a child? Yeah, what an interesting question. I've realized I've been studying bodies in motion and emotional expression and processing in bodies for as far back as I can remember. And I didn't even know that that's what I was basking in, really. So I started, as you mentioned, as a dancer. I did Irish dancing and Scottish dancing at the very youngest age. And then I moved into professional ballet and I was in the discipline of ballet for a long time and then moved toward theater dance and went into the theater world where the continued 
exploration of and studying of human behavior became more and more practiced and understood and have worked also in a lot of different arenas of service, of being of service. So I worked literally in the service industry when I was a performer working in restaurants and things like that, but also in event as an event coordinator and a producer and working as a company manager, a lot of management roles throughout my life. And eventually I ended up teaching. I, I had taught different types of dance throughout the years to different ages, meaning I taught 20 somethings in college. I taught children a little bit later and about 15 or so years ago, I began teaching adult women sensual dance. And at that point, everything had culminated for me, started to come together in terms of all the body work through the years. I um, started to realize that the the relentless interest I had in spiritual practices, the art of presence, my interest in energy work, curiosity around trauma awareness, it all came together. I started working with bodies originally in the sensual movement space, which turned into a space where I was working very intimately one-on-one with bodies. And I got to really study how integration happens for the ability for women to harness, move through emotion, harness their own energy for source and aliveness, how to navigate really difficult or challenging situations. So the mind work came together with the spiritual practices, came together with all of the intuitive understanding and structural understanding of the body. Yeah. And I think that, that you were saying about how your early, early on, you were already interested in, in studying the body, like bodies in motion. I mean, when we talk about bodies in general, uh, I couldn't help but really think about how amazing it is that I don't know my body, right? And I'm probably, I'm speaking for myself, but just sometimes even just, you know, observing people and how we are so disconnected with our own selves. So it's just like you mentioned about integrating the body and the mind, and you were able to observe that from from a young age. While it is not clear for you during that time, but with all the wealth of experience that you added in along the way and how it's just, you know, manifested and how it has really evolved into this kind of work that you do. And so I think where I want to go with this is that how do we, how do we integrate our minds and bodies? Because, because nowadays it's, there's just so many distractions. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot about the mind, the mind, the mind, right? It's, there's a lot of information and we are in the world of streaming and we, we, <laughs> we are always stimulated. The tendency is to forget to move. So how do you work with that integrating and melding the, the mind and the body? That's such a good question. So the way that I work with it is to, is different with each body. I find that every body comes in and presents differently. There are similarities to how an approach might work with a specific 
way that a body sort of is in the world, like the programming of the mind, we can understand patterning of, you know, thought cycling and what that is contributing to in your life. We can observe what is or feels or presents as stuck in a body and work with different ways to invite that release, that allowance, that permission for that part of you to relax or perhaps stop bracing for you in service of protection. We can work with, you know, whatever version of faithfulness, of of trust, of whether it's self-trust or if you are someone who seeks the support, the divine in some capacity, how that is available to you. And then what happens is you begin to have these revelations as you're addressing each of those in tandem, in a kind of togetherness. How is this one affecting that one? How is that one affecting this one? How is this? But in real time with a body so that the body is allowed to process and have revelation within itself. So it's not being talked at and said, this is what you're feeling. This is, it's more allowing the body to reveal itself, (laughs) its information, its intelligence to you so that you understand with the brain, what, what is the next step? What is the Hmm. thing that will support me most? Because each person has their own way of keeping promises to themselves right? So that they can build self-trust or move through fear and create safe conditions. Each person has different abilities for regulation. So we might check in on how are you with self-regulation and how are you, how is your nervous system? So we might work with the nervous system a bit. We might work with um, a high anxiety body, might really need to learn different ways to temper the noise and the vibration that they're feeling in the physical body so that they can feel at peace and come down from that autopilot doing mode that they're in to be able to hear the intelligence within them to know to how to address whatever is challenging them. Yeah, it's it's really lovely that you actually, I, I hear a lot of that self-trust, right? It's yeah. about trusting, trusting one's self, but that in itself, it can be quite a challenge, right? Especially for, for women. And so we go through a lot of emotional roller coaster and it's not always easy to navigate through all of this, like big emotions as they, as they arrive. But I do appreciate uh, when you mentioned about, about having a sense of faithfulness within the self and learning how to listen to it. And also you pointed out about how each body is different and how each body is different and has a different way of allowing. But how do we break through that wall? Because there might be some women who are more open, but there's those who are also a little bit closed off. And I think that also goes back to, to not knowing just yet, right? That, that our, because our bodies like vessels and and I know with the work that you do, it's also trying to to understand what are symptoms that come up, right? So so I'm speaking for myself, like for example, on my end, it's just I have this really 
painful chronic pain on my on my upper back and i've been carrying it with me for for a while now and then working with you in the process it's that aha moment for me came it's like oh it's about carrying so much of the weight of maybe not just you know maybe even the weight of the world that i feel like it's it's just on my back and just getting to know that and breaking through that barrier made me this stuff, you know, falling open, like an egg cracking. Mm. It's just, oh, there's that release mm. that, that I, I experience. And then it's slowly inch by inch, the self trust comes in. So how do you, how does one start to trust the self, the body? So if we think about that's so beautiful. And I, and I just, love what you just shared. So, and, and it, and it's so much too, because there, like there is, it's, there's so much truth in how contained so many women's bodies are without them even being aware of it. So I, I feel a call to answer kind of two different pathways here with this question. Mm -hmm. There's one that's around sort of more general, what women are carrying in their body and how it presents and how attuned to it mm -hmm. are they so i find that i meet a lot of bodies that are that do a lot of practices they're in the doing mode of i do my pilates i go over here and i do my yoga and i go over here and i take my run and i and they have really healthy beautiful physical bodies and they keep their mind intact by just checking in am i okay today you know am i, am I doing okay and just checking in little bits here and there and they have their practices. However, they either feel when they actually stop and feel, they're not actually allowing themselves to feel the big emotions, to feel the current of energy that's at work in their body. They actually feel depleted a lot of the time or in a state of slight overwhelm that they're just sort of thriving What they, what might be described as a sensation of thriving to them, but actually has a drop, you know, because it doesn't sustain, it's not sustainable. Beneath it, there tends to be a fear of going into those more intense emotions, because within that, it feels like there may be a crumbling or a breakdown, something they are too afraid to go to and feel or something they feel will be too big or too much if it if it is released, or even visited. So, so many things can present around that. The other pathway of your question is how do we come to be with coming to know our body really, I think was where you were going, right? How, how are we coming to into right relationship with ourselves? is what I might present that as. And it's by, we must take the time to listen, to pause what we are doing, to make time, even if it is one minute a day, a lot can be heard in the internal movement of the body, like what is moving within you or not moving within you. There's so much information in that to just pause and breathe into your physical being and notice. I sometimes use this acronym. I've used it before that I created for the word alive, right? And you can use it in two ways. You can use it as an affirmation to activate each of these or you can turn it around to an am I, like it's either an I am or an am I. So the A would be aware. Am I aware in this moment? Am I aware? Am I present? Am I looking inward? Am I noticing what's happening within me? Am I aware 
that I'm, am I bringing, am I conscious of the breath and bringing my own consciousness into my physical being, into my whole self and just checking in to know that I am here? Do I realize where I am in this moment fully and what is happening? As simple as that, right? Awareness, although awareness is a whole trajectory of its own exploration, right? All of these are, but uh, am I aware? The second would be, am I listening? Am I listening, active listening? Am I receiving the information that is there? Am I being receptive to myself? So responsiveness, which is why I call my practice responsive body, is to practice how we respond to ourselves first. How do we respond to the information that is available within us? Are we even hearing it, listening to it, actively taking in the sensations and saying, whoa, okay, wow, I am very emotional, right? Or that just triggered me, or my nervous system is activated, or I am feeling deeply exhausted. Like it's a heaviness in my whole body. And so you just presence that. So you deepen, you take awareness to the next level, which is okay. What is that telling me? And it brings you into the curiosity. And the third would be, I am, or am I intentional and inspired? be one or the other, but intentional might be a good one. It's a lot of people are working with intentions and intentionality, but enlivened into action. Am I actually in that listening, receiving the information that tells me, okay, now I have to consciously choose to move this emotion that I'm holding through my body in a safe space to create spaciousness within me that I might receive or choose to act upon what is necessary to bring me forward into healthy responsiveness in the current situation, right? So am I intentional? Am I making the choices and with consciousness, with high level consciousness to be able to bring me in the direction of clear the space that I might be open to receiving, open my heart to, if I can't, because we have to notice what the barriers are and be with them in order to clear the space. Like then there's the work. That's like the workspace. Is that intentional part? Am I doing the work? Am I using the tools, taking action, inspired action? And then the, the, the V is, am I vital and valid? Do I realize I'm in my agency? I'm necessary. I am understanding and honoring my own worth rather than shaming and judging myself, which is unfortunately too common. Our programming around shaming is so thick and so deep. So am I valid? Do I recognize that I am valid, that I belong? And then the E is evolving in this situation. Am I staying curious and staying in that growth mindset, my growth oriented? It's absolutely like beautiful. There's just so many here. There's <laughs> a lot of takeaway. I mean, the acronym ALIVE, it's something that you know one can can integrate and incorporate in in our daily 
and making it a daily practice at the same time. You know, you mentioned even just for a minute, you know, take the time to actually really get within yourself. And on the first point that you, you said about, you know, we have a checklist that, oh, I did, I did my yoga today, or I did go to, um, I meditated for 15 minutes today. But after that, it's, it's, you know, it's just like one of those things that I need to do for today. Or I feel better about myself because I'm actually, I, I did it. But after that, it's just going back again to the regular cycle of being, of, of just of doing, of, of continuous doing. And what I love about what you said, and you move into the second point about really going deeper into the self and what does, what does it mean really to be listening to the body? And I think you drove it to the point of using that acronym. Am I alive or I am alive? You know, so, so that kind of brings me to what well, listening to you. It's like in that space when we're in all of the elements that are here, you know, when you and you, mentioned about each each of that it's about bringing awareness and then it's about uh, are you am i living right or am i bringing intention to the work that i do do i feel inspired at this moment and if i'm not then what i need to do or maybe i don't have to do anything or you know how do i bring in more vitality with myself and how do i eventually the e part here is i can't read my handwriting here it's about growth evolving evolution and so i guess where i'm going at with this is that if we are intentional about creating space and by space it doesn't just mean oh i'll set aside a time for this particular practice and in our in our conversation earlier we 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 talk a little bit about fully in full integration like bringing in not just practicing or moving for the sake of moving, but bringing it in whatever you do daily, right? So maybe even at work, right? Just checking mm-hmm. in, am I alive? Or I feel alive today, right? So <laughs> yeah, even just putting yeah. it in there, maybe, yeah. I mean, a good number of us are still doing, you know, the nine to five jobs. And sometimes mm-hmm. it can take in a lot of, of, of time. And for myself, I forget. I forget to check in because it's just so busy. But if we bring yeah. in that one minute. Yeah. There, there, you, you, a contra- there's a, pra- a simple practice where you can set the alarm because a lot of people use mm, your alarms yes. and, and you just say, am I here? Oh, am I here? And how, and then ask yourself, well, how am I being here? Mm. Because am I being fully present in my day or am I choosing to dissociate in some, mm. you know, to some extent to be able to get through it, which is what a lot of people are doing. And we can't be we ideally would love to experience life mm. in the fullness of aliveness in our whole being, mind, body, spirit, energy, all in collaboration and, and harmony every day, day in and day out. However, what we experience as humans is not that, right? So it's more about how we navigate our way back that, back to that. How do we keep homing ourselves to, to that, that as lived experience? in the moments of challenge. And so we have to have our practices to be able to understand and identify what we're homing ourselves to so that like a compass, we know our way back. We know our way back and that we can get there more efficiently and more effectively and with more ease and with more flow. I believe that 
the most important practice of all is coming back to you moment to moment to moment to moment. And in that artistry and that act of returning to yourself to check in and say, hey, how are you? Like, And being able to be honest with yourself about what is currenting through you, possibly set aside time, like you're referring to setting aside time. We set aside the time to do the things and they nourish us in certain ways. How can they become whole-bodied experiences as opposed to separate practices where you're kind of almost a different part of yourself at all of those places, right? So there's the invitation to just be with you everywhere you go, mm-hmm. but be with you fully in full reverence. And then when you recognize, I find that setting aside the time for emotional expression is really important, particularly for women, because that's what they don't do. They set aside time for the run, for the workout, for the movement, and they're not looking at what's moving on inside of themselves. (laughs) They're just like not necessary. Not that not all women, but, but obviously just a select a number of women out there in the world who unfortunately are carrying these unexpressed emotions because they were not allowed to express them. There was no permission. They've been shamed if they were too emotional or too sensitive or anything like that going on in their upbringing or whatever influenced them. And, and all the different things that, that are, that are deeply carried within us as women, if you want to get into anything around lineage, but just what we're carrying cellularly in our bodies, let alone what you may have experienced in your, in your lifetime to your body. We're just hosts to a lot of emotion. And so setting a time aside to be able to feel and flow that and feel safe feeling and flowing that is, can be epic for integration because it clears the body of what's being held. And so the body can unbrace itself and start to loosen and become available to receive because another chronic, I think, conditioning for women is to not be receptive, to not believe they are worthy of receiving the attention, the time, the care, the, you know, they are here to care for, and we really love caring for others, right? So how can we start it here, start it here within yourself and nurture and nourish that as lived experience and in bringing yourself wholly to each experience that you're bringing yourself to and recognize when emotion needs to be processed so that you do allow yourself safe practice for that, I think will serve the women who are holding a lot in their bodies. I just love that you went to, there's just a a lot of elements there also in what you said. I'm just writing furiously right here. As I said, I'm a note taker. So I I just absolutely love it. Firstly, I think what, what you said about being in the moment, being here in this moment, moment by moment by moment. And what better way to remind us to be in the present is actually the body, right? It's, it's that learning to 
just quieting ourselves and remembering if if anything else, our minds can be in the past or in the future, but the body will always be here. Physically, we are here. And I think that's why it's 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 very essential to to tap into that and not forget that the mind and the body are can are actually one and, and are we have to find it, you know, that ways and how they can balance each other and and work together into making as humans as, as vital as as we could. And also to the point where you said about the women having to the the, the chronic conditioning, right? That that we have that is that is within us like cellularly. Like we, we feel it. We even if it's it's very unconscious sometimes. And you mentioned about you know some of these unexpressed emotions in a big chunk of that is actually like you know there's that shame and the there's that fear also of of not allowing ourselves to receive because we're always the giving we are the givers the nurturers the giving mode so so i just absolutely love we went with that and now that we live you know in a time we're in the world around us is just very triggering right there's so many things happening at the same time Right. And, and, and how is it like to be a woman living in this day and age where it's just, there's, I feel it's a great anxiety. And you talk about the, the overwhelm, but just the external things out there. We haven't even um, got it over completely with COVID. Like what happened three years ago? We are going through a series of like, you know, there's war, there's climate change and everything else right now that's going on plus our own personal issues and responsibilities we we are taking in so you you said something about safety and giving ourselves that permission how do we as women create this kind of a safe space and safe container within ourselves even if outside of us it doesn't feel safe or even in our bodies it, it doesn't feel safe wow well you just touched on so many beautiful things Yeah, there's, you know, we think of safety, it's usually associated in some way to fear. There are the, there are the well-known practices, different kinds of breathing practices, different kinds of meditation. There's bilateral tapping, a butterfly hug with gentle, even taps with the hands on either side of your arms. There's containment, the art of just really holding you in different places as you breathe on an exhale and really just feeling the substance of your physical body here right now in the present moment, just allowing yourself to feel you here because a lot of bodies flight, they they have this flight mechanism where you can leave your body, especially if you've had any version of intense trauma there can be a conditioning where you kind of leave the body and all of a sudden you can't really feel you here. You're just, where am I? Right. So, so holding like leaning into on an exhale, you can do this sort of all over the whole body. It's amazing how many people do not connect with themselves in any version of holding or touch for years. (laughs) Like it's just the natural way not to touch you because at some young age, likely there was some shaming around having your hands on your body or exposing your body in any way and all of that. And so containment can be a great practice. Anything that brings you into the present moment, you can set yourself up with imagining a 
peaceful place or a safe place and imagining setting that up, installing it in your ner- within your nervous system so that you have this imagined place you can go to where immediately when you envision it, you can feel all the sensations. You can feel the energy of water if you're someone who is calmed by water, if that comes into your imagination. But you can install that imagery including all the sensations, what you might smell there or taste there or hear there or see there, have that readily available as a place you can go to in your mind's eye, but you feel in your body, right? So you just sort of home yourself there, much like the practices of identifying identifying how and where you can feel safe so that you can bring your nervous system into calibration. The first thing with anything safety related is we want to get the nervous system Mm -hmm. calibrated. You can do vagal vagal nerve massage, gently stroking with two fingertips from the inside of the eyebrows above the, above the brow, up and over around to the ear, above and above and around the back of the ear, and then follow it down toward the heart You can just do that gentle stroking. You can do tapping where you tap different parts of your bodies. If these are available, you can find them by Googling, following the Google (laughs) to different videos that, uh, that teach of tapping, which is pretty, Gabby Bernstein has those too that are super easy to locate to help you just calm the system and bring your system into calibration. So in the most on the most basic level, those sort of nervous system calibrators would be, or homing techniques would be what I su- would suggest for just feeling immediate safety in the body. But to nurture safety safety in the body, you want to keep practicing your own experience of self trust, and that comes up in extraordinary, like all different kinds of ways. So when we work with the body, it might be following, allowing structure, like, so I might give a body some structure, some specific kind of motion or movement to explore. And then once they feel the nature of that in their body and how that is safe in their body as in, you know, within integrity of movement of the body and the structure of the body, then you invite them to feel how they might access more pleasure in experiencing the movement, right? So that they can actually begin to feel the internal sensations and follow their own energetic flow that's moving in the body so that they can access ease and flow and follow in a way that's true for them. And that actually brings their experience of that goodness and pleasure. Like they, they start to feel more pleasure just being with themselves and being expressing, expressing as themselves in that motion. So something as simple as that can build Mm self-trust because a lot of women who come into sensual movement, for instance, who came into the sensual movement space specifically for that kind of an experience. I want to awaken my sensuality. I want to be connected to my body. I want to experience, but they saw it as a movement class we don't realize what you're unearthing when you ask a woman to touch her body who hasn't touched her body in a long time with real presence, right? Of acknowledging the beauty of her own self 
because she sees it in everyone else, but oftentimes is simply in the negative negativity bias of just like, you know, shaming herself or judging herself mm, in some yeah. critical way. She has that critical eye constantly on herself, but not necessarily on others. So how do you, how do you bring yourself back into the connection with love mm. for your physical body? And that alone can be deeply emotional and also deeply relieving for bodies because all of a sudden, wow, they can breathe more deeply, they can feel more deeply, and they can begin to trust themselves because when you allow them, when you allow access to that flow and that, that it's like an internal intervention, (laughs) when you allow that within a feminine body, all of a sudden, that she can feel her own, access her own intuition and begin to move from there and begin to trust. Whew, okay, no, that's mine. That's me, right? I'm here versus where the mind is leading and you're kind of associating with what other people are telling you or thinking. So when you're going into your own intelligence of your body, you're opening yourself up to, to the possibility of trust. speaking I can just feel that sense of release also on myself and and I can attest to that to what you said uh, about how alien this the body is I mean to me and about just creating that sense of safety and how physical that could be for me as well for me to realize that like you said it's about like you know holding holding myself learning to touch to touch myself and and you mentioned about there's that shame in there that it feels like, why, right? Why, why do I have to find pleasure? But learning to be able to accept that and at the same time to just, how do I touch someone I really care about? And mm-hmm. I realize I'm not even doing that to myself. You know, so mm-hmm. it's, it could be just, just how I touch my hair, maybe. Right. And how, and how you, you also say that it's just touching at the same time going to the heart and this, you know, this space, whatever the, the heart means for you is like, you know, it's for me, it's this sacred space that's holding, that's holding it for me. And it, it is where all of those really heavy emotions come in. And it's my chest tightens each time and it gets really, really rigid and stiff. Mm-hmm. And so that feeling of release that I can, I have the, the, the ability within me to make myself feel safe. Yeah. And I give myself permission to, to bring myself this kind of safety and, and trust. And that kind of like opened, it opened a certain like, whoa, you know, it's like a aha moment again. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. wow. And look, right. I've, I've been just like outside. It's external. I'm just mm-hmm. looking outside, but I'm not looking within that yeah. I hear this sacred vessel, this, this, the, the and recognizing the feminine part of me. And so that that's really beautiful. And you mentioned about 
the responsive body practice. This is, I think I can call it, it's like a method, right? That you have created and developed yourself. But, you know, you, you call yourself like an intuitive body healer, but working with you, Erin, I consider you like a body whisperer <laughs> because I feel my body's there. Like whenever there's like dancing or in motion, I'm like, I want, I want to dance too. But at the same time, it's like, uh, I'd rather not I'd rather just stick to, but even if, you know, I feel that rhythm and that beat, I don't want because it looks stupid. But then there is that again, that sense of allowing and permission coming from you when, when, when we were working together about me just being in that rhythm and flow of my own body. And I tell you that really was so liberating. That experience was so liberating. So going now, what is the responsive body practice? And, and a part of this, maybe you already mentioned a little bit, touched on it a little bit in uh, earlier. But yeah, if you can tell us what what it is. Yeah, thank you for asking and just just celebrating the freedom that you ask, accessed in your own body <laughs> and just the beauty of witnessing that. Yeah, it's a practice of deep listening and explorative movement or other kinds of practices that inform responding in life from a place of pure love. Mm -hmm. And I really mean pure love, the core of all of us, the, I believe Mm -hmm. that at our very core, our essence is love. And we all want to be seen and heard and felt and of value in some capacity, right? And the way to bring that into the world, when we talk, I I sometimes talk of it as sacred embodiment, but embodiment is a tricky Mm. word these Mm. days. There are a lot of definitions around the word embodiment. So to bring a little context, I like to think of embodiment as how you be, Mm. how you be with you first. Mm. So right relationship with yourself. How are you with you? And how are you with you? Like, how do you speak to you? How do you pay attention to you? How do you feel you? How do you honor you? Are you whispering meanness or kindness? Mm. Are you forgiving and compassionate or harsh and judgmental and always in a state of criticism or not even looking at all because you kind of don't matter? Mm. (laughs) Like you're focused outside, you said, focused on everything out here that has to get done and how you have to show up. And there's some version of that that feels like you're showing up to all the things and, and yet how are you? So there's the being with you. I see it as a treasured trinity. There's being with you. And if that is in rightness and wholeness and aliveness, you can then bring that forth into relationship with others directly, like everyone who's in your direct range of engagement. So your partner, your friends, your family, your loved ones, strangers on the street, coworkers, how are you in relationship with them? And the bigger reverberation is how are you then in the collective, you know, in the reverence of the collective and honoring whatever version of oneness and togetherness. I want to be in service of togetherness with humanity. (laughs) And like you brought up earlier that we didn't really touch back on is, you know, there's a lot happening in the world Mm. and Mm. a lot of disparity and a lot of separateness and a lot of war, being at war with, it's, yeah, so how can we be bringers of Mm -hmm. love in a way that is actionable, serving 
the collective for the better. Ooh, I, wow. So in, in the practice, you know, if we can hone the skill of our, within ourselves of becoming consciously responsive rather than subconsciously reactive, that's the work. And it's in all senses, consciously responsive first within ourself. What is happening within me? Am I being, am I tending to that? And it's always a process. Like once you feel as though you've been in some version of quote mastery of any of that, you know, you realize that that's ego and there's another ego death to happen, right? Like there's just so many, I forget which philosopher speaks of how many ego deaths we have, but when you've traversed this over here, there's always something that's going to show up. So it's, how are you meeting that? How are you meeting what it triggers within you? And then how are you meeting it in response outside of you? That to me is sacred embodiment choosing it to be a sacred experience. And then if you were to tie that thinking of the positive psych stuff, you know, purpose, um, the way I see purpose is sort, sort of like what we have been through then becomes how we serve others, right? How we have navigated our way and grown and evolved to that particular place. That's how we can be of service and of purpose in the world is to offer that back in some way. And it could be as small as just how you be with your dog. You know, it doesn't have to be some grand gesture, but those do have ripple effects to the collective. The smallest gestures of kindness and love, Mm. we don't have to put the pressure on ourselves if we have a lot of weight on our shoulders, like you were referring to old earlier. Simple, simple the simplest little actions coming forth from a place of love and kindness can really have great effect in the world, positive effect. And those are contributions. It's, it's really, it's wonderful that you, you touch on, on that and, and how we can be relevant, right? How we can express ourselves and say that I'm valid. I'm, I'm worthy. Of, of being here. My presence is, is a contribution. And I, I absolutely love that while it does begin with the self, but it's not about the self. It's about understanding the self, but it is in how I can be of service, of greater service to the world. And, uh, it can be, like you said, you know, it can be as simple as paying it forward, right? Showing, random acts of kindness to others, especially in the world that we live in right now, was just so hungry, hungry for, for, for love and kindness. It is great that you are, you have this, this kind of practice with that intention, right? Of bringing, of bringing this, this is your way, right? This is your way of, of being of service to the world with, with what you do. And and i think that not everybody has that that privilege of finding what they're here for so it's it's really just it is an honor for me too on my end to be able to explore this a little bit with you in this conversation
you spoke about big emotions. Some of them like unexpressed emotions. We talked a little bit about shame, but there's one one form of like emotion that I feel that you have gone through several times, and and speaking about grief and loss, right? So so I know this is shifting to like a tender part of your life, and 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 talking about your eight year journey into becoming a mother, and. In the process of doing that, you also lost your mother. And then there was a point that, you know, in, in time when you, when you lost your sister as well. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, that experience of grief? And if we are experiencing it, and then at the same time, you know, to be in that space where you are when you're also expressing yourself to the world and experiencing it while doing that. How did you manage to, to navigate through it and not forget what what you're, what you're teaching, what your purpose is? Oh, well, first, I would just want to say thank you. I'm, my heart is deeply touched by your earlier reflection around my work, and I thank you for that. And with this question around grief, grief is alive within all of us to some extent, and I learned at in my 20s i you refer to my sister's loss and and i lost my sister to she died by suicide and you can imagine that's quite traumatic for a family and at the time movement had always been my medicine as well as prayer and so i i allowed the waves of grief to move through my body i had an innate i guess just way of like allowing myself permission to fall into a puddle on the ground and truly just wail the pain out of my body. And I also in within that loss understood that there are phases as people speak to often around grief, there are different phases you go through, and everyone navigates them differently in a different timeliness. And I find that great loss stays with you, that we don't necessarily say goodbye to that, like that doesn't leave us for good. There's something around the 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 way that that soul connection particularly existed. You hold, you hold that with tenderness if it is, if you can access that after going through the process of grief, right? So you, I honor my sister, someone at that time gifted me a beautiful candle, someone I was working with, and she said a, a practice, I believe it was a practice of the Jewish religion. I don't know for sure, don't quote me, but uh, where you can light the candle on the anniversary of the death every year. And I have done that every year since that, since my sister parted, and it's been quite a number of years. And so I, I be with her presence. I feel her, right? So I honor her by feeling into the light of her being and what she brought to me and to the people that she knew in the family when she was here. So I honor her in that way. I allowed myself to really move the emotion through my body. And what I've learned since in the grief of the eight year journey with my infertility with that, I really carried that through as well. Like I, at that point was in the space of sensual movement. So I had a safe container to dance it through my body mm -hmm. to, and by dance, I mean, express because dancing to me was a disciplined art that I had gone through sort of basically learned 
so many different forms of dance in my life that were choreographed, right? So in the sensual movement space, we would guide bodies into that self-trust and allow it to be organic movement. And so, and emotional expression was allowed in that space. And so I actually nurtured that and carried it and extracted it through my body and out of my body through that form of movement. When I was basically grieving every embryo that didn't take, and in a sense, many potential soul beings that could have been here, you know, however you want to see that. But that was a very, very long journey for my husband and I, and we had to go through many processes of acceptance. And I had to take the time for myself because what I witnessed happening in that world of IVF Mm -hmm. was a lot of couples just going back to back to back to back to back. That one didn't work. Okay. We're going to do the next round. That one didn't work. Okay. We're going to do the next round. Okay. You ready? We're going (laughs) to off and running. We're just going to get this, you know, going. And for me, I needed a long period of time in between each failed attempt and to really, to really have the full, complete processing of okay, that didn't work, and my where's my body, and how's my body, and my body experienced weight gain, and I'm still navigating that weight gain to this day, and um, because I entered then into menopause, and it's just been like this body thing that has mm. culminated from that experience that I'm navigating, and truly, it's being with it rather than at odds with it, right? So with any emotion that feels big, I think the more you can be with it and befriend it and allow yourself the time to say, Hey, I know you're here and have it visit with you, but not have it anchor you or weigh you down in a way that you can't get out of its grip. And the way that I know that works for that is by moving emotion through the body Mm. and having it be in a safe place. So whether that is with a guide or through grief practice, there are grief altars you can set up. A shamanic mentor of mine taught me of a very simple grief altar you can set up where you can just use one single candle, but you choose the time of day and you go, like we were talking about earlier, and you go and you visit with your grief. You can actually set up a whole altar. If it's about a loss, you might put pictures there or articles of you know physical things that that person used, had shared with you in some way that you can put at the altar the way some people do. And you can visit with it for one minute, for 10 minutes, for an hour, for three hours, as long as you feel you can set aside to be with the grief and you just open yourself up consciously with prayer or whatever version of opening into a space you like to use and sit with the grief and just give it permission to be felt. And it might be just you sitting there and and, and remembering things or allowing deep emotional flow or anything, calm just being inviting the presence of that person, whatever it may be for yourself. And then you close it and you close it with gratitude and with love and you leave it where it is. And then you go about your day so that it doesn't, so that grief doesn't overwhelm you throughout the whole play. And it's just constant, this constant thing that is sort of hovering or weighing you down, right? Day to day to day to day to day. So you make time for it to consciously be with it and move it. So move is that something that we can be with? So like movement for you is like a big tool when you navigating through it yourself, and then learning how to also befriend it, mm-hmm. right? And um, grief for me really is like a reminder of how much we we've loved 
right? Yeah. And isn't that a, a beautiful yes. gift, right? To to know that you have loved, right? Exactly. So yeah, it's 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 really it's beautiful, and it's something I think through that it's sacred, and it's it might be for some it's it's a difficult part to to go through and to be able to work through it and, and remembering and holding that connection that you have with the person or can be a, your pet, right? That yeah, you have lost yeah. along the way. Just continuing on that, I think other practices might be writing letters mm. to and honoring that that love through the words. And and even if you're navigating a loss of someone that you had a difficult relationship with, mm, yes, you know, yes. how do you revere the polarity in that, you know, that just the the love and the dissonance, whatever it may have been, and honoring the sacredness of that. Yeah. You can have sacred tantrums. You can there are different ways to move it through without it being dance as well. Right. Um, Beautiful. That even that, like, you know, it's it's a dance. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah, it's dancing with it. So we are wrapping wrapping up and I would like before we do that, is there anything that you would like to share with us that I might not have touched in this conversation? I can't think of anything. I think you touched on so many things and there were so many places that we started to visit. And I thank you for for guiding that so beautifully and just taking the ride together. I think what I like to encourage is just allowing yourself more of yourself. Mm-hmm. Just allow yourself more of you and coming to know you. The more you can identify and with you, the truth of yourself, not as other people have told you mm-hmm. you are or who they've told you to be, rather the exploration and discovery that lives just right within you, the more you can bring that forward and experience all the things that you are wanting. You can mm-hmm. begin to open up space to receive them and and actually give yourself permission to receive them. Well, I think that's a great way to, and that is just learning how to receive and opening ourselves ready to, to receive. And so while we are in the receiving part, Erin, would you lead <laughs> us through a short grounding meditation as a way to end this? Yeah, it would be my pleasure. So I invite you to just begin to notice your breath. Just feel the inhalation of air. Follow it where it goes. Follow the air leaving your body on the exhalation. And maybe you begin to allow the air to travel a little bit further into the body with each inhale as you follow it, noticing any resistance. You might have some shallow breathing happening from wherever you're coming from. You just allow it to travel a little bit further. So if the breath is shallow, bring it down into the belly. If it's already down in the belly, can it reach a little further down your legs? Or can you feel it reaching your fingertips? And now with your exhale, maybe you can 
Feel a sensation of a waterfall of energy, so the energy is just dropping. You feel a weightedness in the low body. Begin to notice the backs of your legs if you're seated, or the whole back body if you're laying down. Maybe you begin to imagine as though you're rooting yourself into the earth energy through any materials beneath you, the chair or sofa or floor, wood, cement. See if you can reach roots in your imagination down into the earth and begin to feel yourself reaching further and wider into the energy of the earth, the soils of the earth. Following the tips of those roots as far and as wide as they might travel. And as you carry the breath on the inhale, might it meet the furthest tips of those roots. You can hold it there for a moment before the exhale. You may even begin to feel the vibration, the pulse of the earth nourishing the roots. So you feel the receptivity on the exhale. And then just bring your attention into your heart. Maybe you can feel the rhythm of your heartbeat without even touching your heart. Just feel the rhythm of you. Notice for a moment how the body is working for you, not against you. And allow one hand or both hands to just meet you somewhere you might want to be held in this moment. Might be on your belly, might be on your heart, and might be on your thighs or your forehead. And as you place that hand or both hands on that part of you, Begin to breathe directly into that part with a little more consciousness, a little more direction of the air. And with each exhale, just give a gentle press, a little bit of pressure through your hands to let that part of you know you're listening. You can feel yourself being held by you. 
the place that you intuitively knew needed a little bit of attention. And if you're comfortable allowing on that exhale as you give that gentle pressure a little bit of sound out of your body, the sound from that part of your body, knowing that energy moves through breath, sound, and movement. So allow a sound out if there is one. releasing some of that energy that's stored in that part of your body. Just do that again a few more times. We don't like to leave the parts of us too quickly. That's it. And if you could begin to feel the energy in your mind, what does the energy in your brain feel like? Just invite it to rest. Just give it permission to relax. That's it. To know that all is well. Just feel your own wellness even if you are navigating something that resembles unwellness. Be with the isness, the wellness of this moment. Just relaxing into yourself and feeling your own presence. feeling the resonance of that in your whole being. And then you might take three deep cleansing breaths, feeling the roots again. Sighing out any energy that feels stuck or noisy. Coming back into the sensations and noises around us like the truck that just drove by. (laughs) Just becoming aware of you here in your space. Alive. And ready. Thank you so (laughs) much, Erin. This is such a gift. Thank you so much. Thank you, Francis. Thank you. Such a treat to be here. You're always welcome. 
Thank you for listening to Big Impact Women. You can read and download a full transcript at bigimpactwomen.com forward slash podcast. If you like this episode and want to hear more, hit the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. If you feel moved and inspired, head to iTunes and leave us a review. I love hearing your feedback on how we can continue to grow and evolve the program. I believe when women come together, we can co-create humanity's new story and contribute our gifts to the world. BigImpactWomen.com Go ahead, make an impact.